I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, horny babies. Welcome to Mic Check with Cameron James and Alexi Teleopolis. I'm Cameron James. Hey, Lex, what's going on? Obi, hey. <laughs> hey, guys, how's it going? Now listen, Mike Check for First Timers uh, is the only podcast in the world Mm -hmm. where two comedians watch the entire filmography of Mike Myers. Known actor, what's he known for? He's known for Austin Powers. Yes. He's known for Wayne's World. Yes. He's known for Shrek 2, even Shrekker. Yeah, let's get Shrekky, baby. (laughs) Shrek me, baby, one more time. Shrekadelic, the spy who Shreked me. He's the Shrek. (laughs) He's the titular Shrek and Shrek. He's the Shrek. And uh, we watch every single film of Mike's just to check if they're still good. That's what we've been doing so far. Yeah. And it's been a blast. We're having a good time sometimes and we're enjoying a lot of the movies sometimes. Last week we had comedian Will Anderson on to talk about So I Married an Axe Murderer. And I'd say that was really thrilling to have him on. Guys. Yeah, it was great. It was a joy. He was a lovely dude. We were over at his house. Um, he was... Chill. He was, he was cool. just real chill and cool when he made us feel welcome. And you know we're two little dirty boys, and he made us feel welcome. That's very nice of him. Very nice of him. But this week we are not going to be discussing a film. No. I'm sorry, guys. We're not getting into a film. This is what we like to call a mini me. Yes. And it's a smaller state, like uh, not maybe it's not smaller length, but it's definitely smaller in scope. We're That's not going right. to be talking about cinema per se because. <sighs> There's been some developments yes. in the news recently. About Mike. And that was something that when we had the dream of this podcast, when this podcast was just a little apple in my eye and your eye, our sh- one shared eye, <laughs> uh, there was we never dreamed that we would ever have, have to do a news segment about Mike. Because Mike is uh, not someone who's in the news much. No, he's you know someone that we think of that's um, quite isolated in life. Now. A recluse, he's a reclusive, a JD Salinger type, but yes. with dick jokes. Exactly, and you know that's why we won't need to find out if he's horny because he's not out there rooting. <laughs> so, but this week, unfortunately, maybe Mike has been in the news twice. Two stories. So we're going to be talking about uh, the first story that broke about Amy Hill. In an interview with the AV Club, talking about how he was a had diva esque tendencies on the cat in the hat. She outed him, man. She yeah. out and out outed him. You can read that article. It's pretty. It's a good article, anyway. It's salacious. Yes, I would it's say. quite salacious. And uh, the other piece of news was just from Friday last week. Dana Carvey, aka Garth Algar, mm-hmm. has uh, he's called out Mike 
for stealing an impression. Or of did you. he? Because I he? feel like the media twisted that story. We'll get into it in we the show. We will get into that. But he, the, it's the I'll, uh, we 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 talk about that. So basically, this episode is going to be us addressing some anti-mic propaganda that is yes. going out there at the moment. We're in damage control mode. This is an emergency broadcast. We recorded it very fresh when we yep. were reading the articles. We were both very emotional. We yes. just come from a long cry. Yep. And you can hear that in our voices. We're, guys, we're, we may be a little frantic in this yeah. episode. We never, we never would have anticipated that something like this would have to happen, that we'd have to be spin doctors for Mike. I dare say that this news is the worst thing that's happened in America in the last week. Yeah, and worldwide. It's really fucked us up. And we need Mike more than ever right now. And I, it's, it's not good. He's not going to come back in this climate if we're teasing him online. So let's get stuck into it. This is Mike Check reacting to the anti-Mike propaganda. It's Mike Check. It's Mike Check. The podcast that Mike buys. And this is we've had a real PR nightmare here at Mike Check HQ. I mean, really, we're in damage control mode right now. I, I, we haven't even had a moment to get our notes in order. No, um, we have not. No, I my hat is on a skew. I'm wearing my famous Mike Check hat, but it is on a skew, and I don't have time to, to straighten it up. Yeah. Don't bother, because where all <laughs> systems go here at Mike Check right now, we are freaking the heck out. Yeah. There's anti-Mike propaganda all over the internet right now. Yeah, the internet is awash with Mike Myers' blood right now. It's disgusting. It is. What the media is doing right now is disgusting. If there could be a word similar to genocide, but just about one man and his career. It's micocides. Thank you. <laughs> this is absolutely micocide right now, dude. It's micocide. Now, what originally happened, Pedestrian reported uh, late Pedestrian last week. Pedestrian.tv, if you want to look them up. Not even, they didn't even get the .com domain. They didn't, they got .tv. They think they're a TV show. Or well, it turns out you're a blog, guys. Turns out you're a freaking blog and a shameless one at that, okay? Usually I enjoy reading your little articles, but this smear job that you've done on Mike... And not schmear as in what you would put on a bagel. Yes, that perhaps. Smear. The same campaigns used by one Joseph Goebbels. <laughs> yes. Propaganda, dude. Because this is foul. Let me just read you what their title, what they went with for this article. Yeah. Dana Carvey confirms Mike Myers stole his Dr. Evil impression 20 years later. Put the 20 years later up top just to show the time has passed. Don't put it at the end like uh, illegally we have to put it here. So listen, guys, if you hadn't been following the news, the blogosphere went crazy with this story mm-hmm. last week. Dana Carvey, famed actor who portrayed Garth Algar from the Wayne's World films. Yes. Has and been... Pistachio Disguise in the, in the <laughs> Master the of Disguise films. Yes. <laughs> he has uh, come forward to the press to denounce Mike Myers as a joke thief and an impressionist. Yes, thief. and it's disgusts me. And look... I love Dana, and maybe this has something to do with the fact that he had a Netflix special come out last week as well. Yes. But I feel like I I got so angry. I called you in tears. Yeah, I was in tears too. Yeah, I called you in tears. You were in tears. Yeah, have you seen the news? I was like, this isn't news. This is a smear campaign. (laughs) This is disgusting. I mean, right now, it's Dana trying to kick a guy down to get himself up. The boat is sinking. He's pushing Mike down so he can sit on his shoulders and breathe and promote his Netflix special. Mike has a freaking book coming out right now called Canada. I think it's out right now in Canada. And they're not thinking about that at all. 
They're not thinking about Mike's feelings. And as of yet, there's been no response from Mike. The guy's got fucking kids. <laughs> Mike has got fucking kids, dude, and they're doing this to him. They're going to yeah. be reading pedestrian.tv yeah. and they're going to see our dad, he's a criminal. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm one of Mike's kids, sort of. We're Mike's hikes. Poor little Spike Myers, little five-year-old boy at home, I think. <laughs> he's going to be on the internet. It's like, what's my daddy up to? He's going to look up daddy on Google. And the first thing that comes up is <laughs> your daddy. Your daddy's your a dirty daddy thief. is essentially a war criminal, but on the war on comedy. He's got fucking kids. Let's why don't they think the about that? Why I don't, don't think we th- should go through the Dana emails. Why um, don't they think about that? So why aren't they thinking about his freaking kids right now? All right, That's now, more important. I want you to take a moment to calm I can't down. I can calm down. Because dude. I've actually brought on a very special guest today, someone who's going to help us clear the air and clear up this whole mess. Mm-hmm. I'm a very big fan of this guy. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a friend of this guy. Hopefully he's a friend of mine. Yeah, me too. Hope he's my friend too. <laughs> he's a comedian, he's an actor, and he's a character expert. Welcome to the podcast, Tom Walker, everybody. Tom Walker, thank you so much for joining us here. I'm so sorry you couldn't be under better circumstances. Stuff is going crazy. The phone's going off the hook. It's on silent, so you guys can't hear it. (laughs) Guys, it's an honor to be here in the war room. Mm. Honestly, in this state of crisis, I can't picture anywhere I'd rather be than here with the Waniacs and the Horny Babies. And I'd like to thank you as well for wearing full military regalia. Oh, this is what Mm. I do every day. I steal valor. Yeah, but we will not... Just in the interest of your safety, we will not reveal what military that you are supporting right now. It's ISIS. Okay. <laughs> are they a military? Sorry. Love the underdog. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So you're, we've brought you on because you are a character comedian. Mm. You've been known to do characters. I've been known. So we want to get to the bottom. Today, all we want to do is clear Mike's name. That's my goal, at least. Mm. And then maybe someone else here is on the bloody side of justice, but I'm just on here to make sure some kids don't feel embarrassed when they go to school this week. <laughs> You really think Spike Jones is going to get bullied? Not Spike Jones, Spike Myers. Sorry. Spike Jones mean- probably will get bullied. <laughs> well, Spike Jones is getting bullied out there somewhere right well, now. Well, maybe Spike Jones was attached to Mike to Austin Powers Four. We don't know. I, who knows? All right, now it doesn't look like Austin Powers Four is going to happen, and we don't. We need it more than ever right now in this day and age. When is news from that set going to leak? <laughs> I know when. All right, now Tom, uh, you you've read the news. Yeah, I'm very behind it. I've listened to the original uh, interview that all of this comes from, which mm-hmm. is from the Howard Stern show. Yeah, Howard Stern, known shock jock. Mm. All he does is want to shock the public. Yeah, <laughs> and he's on the top of his shock jockey shock horse right now. Now yeah. listen, there's two types of people I hate. In this world shock jocks and shock rockers yeah i don't like marilyn manson mm. alice cooper mud vane yeah i there's another thing i hate i hate shock spockers and those are people that are scared uh but also dress like leonard nimoy's character spock from the doctor who franchise really well there are six things i hate in this world guys <laughs> okay. yeah right. it's all of those things sure. and then people who discriminate against others based on their nationality <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And or birth and the Dutch. <laughs> okay, yes. dude. So you're a confirmed. It's Mike horny Myers, baby. baby. Yes, you're a confirmed horny baby. You're a gold member fan. Oh, the biggest yeah, and you, only. So you you love. <laughs> so you love Mike as well. Yeah, I'm a big Mike fan. When did you get switched on? I loved. Uh, I never saw the original Austin Powers until In your life. 
Until I've seen it now. When did you see it? My introduction to it came years after I saw Austin Powers 2. Yes. So my introduction to Mike Myers was Austin Powers 2, which I saw when I was a kid, and I kind of really enjoyed it for the first time, and then it's kind of steadily waned on me. <laughs> yeah. Please excuse the pun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wayne's Campbell. Or Garth. No, do not bring that. Do not Sorry. Talk about Sorry. Right I'm, still, I'm still a Daniac. Um, but yeah, I... So I, my main introduction to him is that to this yeah. day, if uh, my dad ever drinks a hot chocolate or uh, <laughs> any kind of brown liquid, yeah. he'll look up from it, mm. make eye contact with everyone around him, and say, mm, "It tastes a bit nutty." Mm, that's true. That is one of the, my favorite quotes in any film. Well, fantastic. That's and oh, right that's, now that's why you got that tattoo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of a, your hot, a hot mug of stool. <laughs> but anyway, much like Fat Pass's stool, right now the situation we're in is a bit nutty. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're talking about ah oh, this. It's really pissed me off. This comes up every few years that mm. Mike Myers stole the Doctor Evil impression from Dana Carvey. Every time there's a U.S. election, Dana Carvey <laughs> comes out of the woodwork with yeah. another allegation. Just he's always ready to say something, and it's just or well, he's been hiding it. And I think this is the kind of stuff men should talk about in, behind closed doors. You think this is locker room talk? I think they should be talking about this in a locker room at SNL Mm -hmm. when they're backstage there. I think you've just revealed your political allegiances a little bit. (laughs) um, Excuse me. You are wearing a hat right now that (laughs) Uh, says, make Austin horny again. (laughs) I do. we got to make Austin horny again. (laughs) I'm talking about Austin, Texas. Let's keep it weird and horny, dude. Oh, my God. (laughs) Let's keep it weird, dude. So the issue here is that Dana contends that the main... Uh, well, I don't thing think that was he stolen. really does. The, in the, yeah, the, what, he, what does he say? He was mainly stolen. Well, okay. So sorry the, if I sounded aggressive. Then I don't think he does. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, See, so no, he, that's an impression. What you just did mm. then—that's an impression of Alexi. Thank you. Do, do you want to hear my, my Alexi Toliopoulos? Should we yeah, go please. to our Alexi? Okay, you go first. Ah, uh, hi there, horny babies. <laughs> oh. uh, it's so good to hear you today. I want all the <laughs> waniacs to <laughs> come and shelter under my comfortable voice. All right, I'm going to try mine. Okay, now. I am fanning myself with a big palm tree leaf. Let the record show that was still Tom. This yeah. is mine. <laughs> Hello, dudes. <laughs> Welcome to Mike Check with me, Alexi Toliopoulos. Oh, Our impressions are racist as hell. <laughs> Why are you so much Greeker in our eyes? Well, that's just who I am. I'm going to do my Cameron James impression now. Oh, no. Yeah. Hey, guys. Cameron James here. Uh, very, uh, really, oh, boy, I love comedy. I think it's really cool and funny. Sounds a lot like Reese Darby. Do you want to hear <laughs> Do you want to hear my Cameron James? Yeah. Okay, cool. I hate where this is going. No, it's good. Um, okay, here I go. I don't remember eating any corn. <laughs> Give me my baby back, baby back, baby that back, baby back, baby back. Good, ribs. baby. That is very good. All right, let's get into this. I'm going to play. I'm going to just for us in the room, mm. maybe for you guys as well. If you choose to keep listening to the show, <laughs> I'm going to play you just a clip of the said instant interview with Howard Stern, mm. known shock jock, by the way. What he does, he wants to shock you. So, fucking, I know this show is a calming show, but you might get shocked. You by guys the might want to sit down for this. It was your impression of Lord Michaels. I see the pinky coming out. Pinky coming out, right? <laughs> that was sort of your take on. Well, Lord. yeah, I did. I did do it spastically when I first got on SNL. Okay. By the way, 
just for, pause it for a second. He just said he did spastically. Dana, <laughs> your character is coming under under fire right now. Now listen, by the, the way. word spastic means many different things to many different people. He meant probably sporadically, I've gotta say. <laughs> I reckon he I reckon he <laughs> fucked up. It's almost as if his tongue was spastic in the moment and he uh, accidentally said the wrong word. Okay, let's keep on going. Okay, keep on keeping on. Right. And I first and I told this to Lauren last year, I first saw him at the on Wednesday night picking the show. Right. It would get kind of tense and they put the cards on the board. Yeah. And my first hook into Lauren, because usually it's one phrase, right. was like was Lauren saying, Um, I still have no fucking first act. Now he would bite his nails. And I just did this. He did that thing with the pinky. Yeah, yeah, like that thing. Yeah. And then you know when I saw Mike do it, I did kind of go, mm, man. But you know it's a long time ago. And I, I look, it's a really funny affectation. Yes. Because it's so specific. Right. And it is my favorite thing that Mike does. Did you ever say it? Okay, okay. Now listen. He just said then that that's his favorite thing that Mike does. I think that's a bit of a tell, right there. Yes. Mm. But Dana isn't really. He doesn't give a shit, dude. He's not selling the story that the impression was stolen. Yes, and that's what the bloody media has done. They've twisted. Um, I'll go back on Dana's side a little bit now here. They're twisting his words. Now, let me, just to confirm, did you say media or meteor? The media, dude. Meteor. M-E-T-E-O-R. The meteor <laughs> is crushing to earth right now, and it's supplied by the media. And really, we've got to think about the children here. Spike I can't and believe we're all sister. going to be crushed to death under that lamestream meteor. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'm freaking out about it. So Dana... He's basically going like it's kind of it's inspired by this thing, and I'm I'm more on I, like I think there's no sides here. I think Dan is like it happened. It's fine. We're over it, and sure. people are just trying to spark these embers up again. But shock jock Howard Stern has turned it into a Danaverse Mike situation. Yeah, yeah, and also the media at large the because meteor. they're the very large meteor out there. Yes, this. Very large meteor, which is right now at large, still yet to be apprehended by any kind of space police or ground police. Uh, both have turned it into this feud, which both Mike and Dana have denied being uh, yes. present over the years, but that's come under fire as being patently untrue. Sure. Yeah. To use uh, young people parlance, it's not a thing. Yeah. Don't make this happen, guys. It's not a thing. I'm just going to leave this here. This is not a thing. So is this... What the fuck are you doing? Don't make this happen, guys. It doesn't exist. <laughs> what the fuck are you I'm doing, trying to connect Cameron? with the kids. We're trying to connect to the youth, okay, dude? The comedy that we're into is 20 years old. We don't know how to connect to the kids, okay? We were better at comedy about a year ago when we weren't saying, do I make you horny, baby, as a joke every day. You guys have ruined yourself. We've ruined our comedy voice. So what I'm also thinking, it just sounds like this is an affectation that he's kind of... It's like a character thing that he's taken. And also, Dana never did the impression on screen anywhere. He didn't perform it. This was a joke amongst friends backstage, hanging out. And then, Dana, if we're going to get really technical about this, yes. in your one film, you did an impression of Shrek. Yes. Who Mike Myers perfected an impression of. <laughs> yes. The <laughs> After monster. the documentary Shrek came out. <laughs> the famous monster Shrek. Mike Myers did a character based on him. Yeah. Um, and so it's true. Maybe that's where they kind of became even. Mm, even. <laughs> holding my pinky up. Dr. Even. Mouth. It's called a tasty finger. And also 
They call it taste divinga. It's not called pinky in this universe, so it's not him biting nails. I'd like to bring up something, which yes. is from the IMDb's uh, character trivia page yes. on Dr. Evil, who is, of course, the character at the source of all of this controversy. Yes, and if you don't know who Dr. Evil is, he's the villain in the movie Awesome Powers, International Full Man of Mystery. Full name, Dr. Evil Douglas Powers. Look at that. That's up. true. Went to Evil Medical College, <laughs> um, very much in need of being thrown or given a bone. Yeah. Uh, he would womanize, he would drink. <laughs> Sorry, Alexi, I'm That's kind of doing father. a thing, so if you Excellent. could zip it. Um, uh, I want to bring up that he, they say on there it is believed that Dr. Evil's signature move of placing his pinky finger near the corner of his mouth is derived from an episode of The Twilight Zone. Okay. Entitled, The Number 12 Looks Just Like You, in which a character named Dr. Rex uses the same gesture several times. The move has also been linked to a motion used by Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I'm not saying that's true. Now, Bram Stoker is the porn version of Bram Stoker. (laughs) They have actually... (laughs) He's actually a very famous guy called Fapula, and he uh, does it with his little dongy as well. The reason I stumbled over that is because Bram Stoker is written there. <laughs> okay. But so immediately we start to doubt the IMDb trivia section Glenn for hopefully Stroke. the last time. Gland Stroker's Fapula. Oh. <laughs> hey, um, I feel like though you could probably say, you could probably just make up any Twilight Zone episode and, and say that something is taken from it. Because who's going to watch it? Yeah, Well, exactly. actually, guys, actually, in the, t- in, the, in the movie Wayne's World, they actually do just that. Garth makes up uh, fake Twilight Zone episodes throughout hmm. the whole film. Well, then maybe that's what... Oh, maybe that's what they're doing there. This, this is, is really... I think we've unlocked a conspiracy. What do we think? Do we think that... I think they should leave Mike alone, but I don't know what the question we're going to ask was. Okay. <laughs> I think that Mike may have taken inspiration yes. from Dana on this. I think he may have lifted the mannerism and yes. lifted that Lorne Michaels voice because we can hear similarities between Lorne Michaels' not voice. Exact. No, not exact, but they are that kind of... He's clearly got a, that Canadian influence mm-hmm. and Lorne Michaels speaks down at the end of his sentences. Yes. And just kind of like Dr. Evil. Um, yeah. Swallows his words a little bit. And you can see that in the character of Dr. Evil. Yeah. Which clearly Dana Carvey maybe brought to Mike's attention and yes. then he harnessed for his own nefarious means in Austin Powers. Okay, now I have a question for you. So mm. you've, you've worked okay, in... Okay, is it Am I Horny? <laughs> I'll get to that. Okay. I'll get to that in my own good time. You've worked with groups, you've worked solo, you've worked in improv and sketch teams and everything. You've now, done comedy. You've done comedy is what I'm saying. You're part now, of the community. Sometimes. Yeah, and I've quit. <laughs> yeah, and you had a great run. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the cusp of making it, you quit. Yeah, yeah, that's the way everyone should go. Go out in a high. Now, you, um, let me, okay, sometimes this happens. A group of friends or a group of comedians who perform together will do the same impression kind of as a joke or do the same voice or whatever backstage and they it's kind of like an in-joke amongst people. When someone brings that to the stage or starts doing that as their own character, even though it's come from groupthink, mm. is that sort of frowned upon in some way? It is weird, isn't it? Because as a comedian, you're if you're hanging out with people, you are on generating bits and jokes. Yeah. yeah. You guys know this. Like when you're backstage, you're hanging out with people, you have characters that you'll do. Uh, and often they're characters, like you're playing to a mirror image. That's the way that we interact yeah. with each other is uh, I'll come up with a dumb character and you do it back to me. And we both kind of like workshop just to make each other laugh. Like mm. this is making it sound very mechanical. Yeah. But, but it we is, just... we're all robots to perform for you guys. So you need to fucking relax and let us do our thing. Okay, guys? <laughs> Audiences out there. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, you're really putting the open mic audiences of Sydney on blast. 
um, yeah, but that's that's so true. That's the thing because it's just you're having fun with each other, and then sometimes uh, I ha- you've seen examples of these go onto the stage to the wrong person. Do you think that's theft? It's not theft because it's not something that's like you can't really claim ownership of it. You can only claim an almost mm. co-ownership or mm. visitation rights on the bit. Yeah. Mm. So maybe on Saturdays I get to use that one bit that kills. And then on during the weekdays over at the Chuckle Hut, all yours, baby. Yeah. <laughs> when you're headlining down at the Laugh Factory. Um, that's a real one, isn't it? That's a real one. Yeah. <laughs> Not in Australia. It's really hard <laughs> to, <laughs> to come up with fake hats. Go ahead, like, go ahead, try and name, try and fake name a comedy club and then Google it. It's it, impossible. It's yeah, they all actually exist. Yeah. Giggle Palace. Yep. Damn, that's the one I was going to say. Yep. So what you're saying is. What I'm one, saying is one day you've got it and then your friend goes up at the Baja bungalow and they'll use it and you're like, that's okay. I think it would be the Baja bungalow because otherwise <laughs> it's clearly a bungalow that belongs to the Baja men. Yeah. Um, they own it, but the Baja is the comedy night that they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I think is that um, obviously it's like just this thorny vein of contention. I think mm-hmm. if you're going to do something like that, you have to go to the person and ask to yeah. use it on stage. And what will usually happen in my experience is the person will probably say yes. Yeah. But even if they do, they can still feel a bit like, ah, oh, fuck that. Yeah. What are they, you know, I can't believe they took that from our making it and they're now using it on stage. And they're you get that getting, feeling watching someone yeah. getting laughs and knowing that everyone in the audience is just like, oh, that guy's funny. I feel like Mike would have witnessed Dana doing this impression a lot around the halls at SNL mm. and started doing it himself in like a mimicking way, like kind of doing Dana's impression. Mm. A bunch of yeah. them probably did lawn impressions. Dana was probably the first person to notice the little finger up yeah. to the edge of the mouth maybe. Sure. And, but Biting once nails. that's there, it's everyone's property almost, you know, in that kind of situation where it's you're making fun of your boss or you're mimicking your boss and everyone gets in on that. Yeah. I think that's part of why Dana's very good at this. Why, why he's not uh, being openly like why it means 20 years later. That's another reason why he's probably not frustrated by it, but like why he's he's had so much success. Master of Disguise has grown into (laughs) a flourishing franchise. TV show, the animated series for children, Mm. the adult series for adults at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he is known as that person in his the comedy history that has unlocked impressions. Mm-hmm. Like he'll he'll be the person that will unlock the impression and then people do the impression based on Dana Carvey's impression. Yeah, it's George W. The, Bush yeah. was one of them that happened, or I think. H-W. Or George H. W. Bush. George H. W. He also did a W that was really good too. In the Master of Disguise franchise, <laughs> uh, George yeah. W. Bush becomes his boss. Mike turned Lorne Michaels into Dr. Evil. Into like, a character. It's a character now. Yeah. It's, it's not just an impression of his boss. It's But it is that thing of finding the things that were funny in that impression and being like, oh, this is funny enough to stand on its own. Mm, this doesn't yeah. require an understanding of Lorne Michaels, the uh, the head man of Saturday Night Live. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Boss Boy. Mr. Boss Boy. Um, to make it funny. This is just a funny, weird thing. And even as a kid... To be honest, watching Austin Powers... By Shagney, because you hadn't seen the original yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for keeping up to date on the Tom Walker canon. Um, I had no idea why Dr. Evil did that. Yeah. Did th- you guys? No, it was it's just It's a nonsensical manner. Yeah. It's just like it's a sort so of evil, villainous... 
you know, we knew we've probably by that time we'd seen a few movies with villains in them, and we knew the tropes a little yeah. bit. So we knew. Imagine Doctor Evil was your first villain. <laughs> you hadn't oh, seen a movie with a villain, and you're just like, "This guy's scary. Why is he being? Why is he wants to kill the world?" I kind of associated more with like uh, Blofeld in the James Bond franchise because of the bald head, the bald head right. scar, and the pinky ring, the pinky ring and the mm. cat, and it's the way that because the way Blofeld strokes his. Pussy. <laughs> With his pinky ring oh, on. My. His finger, his pinky stays straight. That was rough to hear. I mean, I need, that I need for the record, I need to Alexi. say that Tom did not crack a smile at that. At I all. stared a hole in you. <laughs> I'm probably going to edit that out. I, I will mean, probably no, you got to leave it out. in. Okay. That- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That killed with my demographic, <laughs> but it bombed over on the other side of the table. And that's what comedy's like. You right? really split the Just, room. Guys, let the record show a lot of my humor comes from irony. I was being ironic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, you were saying. You can't encourage that from us. You can't laugh at a Mike Myers thing. It's going to ruin us. Oh. Okay, but so that's you... where it's that's where it comes from, and also similarly, Doctor Evil wears a pinky ring as well, and so I think it's also part of when you're wearing a little pinky ring, your finger stays straight. Right. So you basically you you don't laugh because I just I said right again. Was, but it was so funny hearing your voice and like it was watching muscle memory <laughs> kick in without you wanting it to. It was like watching that moment where a marine gets surprised and immediately goes into a combat position. So instead of saying right, you were right, right. You, were, you split right. the difference between you and Doctor Evil. Oh god, I am always doing that. This to be podcast honest. is ruining your guys' lives. Oh, I yeah. love it though. Yeah. It's worth it. It's fantastic. Make me happy, <laughs> baby. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> So basically what you're saying is once the impression mm-hmm. is merged with other characteristics and other parodies or whatever, it becomes its own character is what you're, you think. Also, Mike went through the same situation in his life where he had a boss that is Lorne Michaels. So when you're developing a character, you will look like even when you're writing character, he wrote Dr. Evil as well as acting him. You... You, you look to the people in your life that are similar to that character and you put that into them to create verisimilitude for yourself, authenticity. You don't know an actual evil guy out there. If you just did a Gaddafi impression or something like that, it would be a little I mean, problematic. Be, are you anti-Gaddafi? Be infringing on Sasha's you know, um, territory. Yeah, but it's the dictator. But if you're doing stuff like that, it's not going to build authenticity for yourself. So you look for people in your own life that you can draw from, that you can you can build into a three-dimensional character. Do you guys think Sasha and Mike will ever <sighs> hook I up? Got, I just got chills. Well, Jay Roach produced the, the Borat What films. makes you horny, baby? My wife. <laughs> Yes, now yeah, that's baby. what I'm talking about. That's my bag. 
throw me your freaking wife here. Oh my. Okay, look, I'm getting goosebumps. Okay. I really am. My um, goosebumps have goosebumps. Do you it's guys crazy. think it's okay? Because I think it's a bit of a dick move by Mike, mm-hmm. but also I completely understand how it happens. So what happened here was an isolation of like something funny. Yeah. It was taken about, bandied around, and then someone took that um, from its isolated state almost and put it into a film. Okay. And like it's it's now immortalized as part of that character. Yeah. And Garth is over on the wings. Garth. <laughs> uh, Mr. Dana Cave. <laughs> Mr. Dana is over on the wings being like, oh, I had a hand in that, but that will not be publicly acknowledged. And people around him know about it probably because he's talked about it and it mm-hmm. keeps coming up. But he's mm. he kind of doesn't seem like he cares too much. He's He says in that clip, well, I'm in therapy now. Yeah. And he's yeah. clearly worked hard to let go of it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think Mike comes out of it smelling like roses, though. He also does, at one point, say that even though the character of Garth was his, the dialogue and catchphrases were all Mike's. Yeah. And they're the things that people remember about the character. Yeah. the, The things that Garth says, I guess. So I think, in a way, it's almost like he's saying, you know, he's acknowledging that while he's great at coming up with impressions... And physicalizing and doing the voices for things, he may not be that great at coming up with memorable dialogue and yeah, to um, create a character, iconic things. Yeah, Yeah. obviously, I think that um, Mike is someone who can come up with great characters Mm -hmm. on his own. He clearly has, but in this instance, it feels to me like he just like absorbed someone else's yeah material. Mm. I think it's a thing that happens. I think it's a thing that happens. I'm. It's hard to. I don't want to choose a side because that's not. That's it's, it's a gray area. Yeah. I think that's the what we can take from this is that it's not. Yeah, you can't choose a side because, but like you can side away from Mike or towards Dana, but like it's all so complicated. Yeah, it's like in, in any collaborative environment. I hate to bring attention to it, but this is the Damage Control Podcast. Mm. We're trying to clean Mike's public relations right now. Mm. All right, what's the other one that's going on? What are we talking about, mate? Guys, um, this is in relation to a uh, question and answer thing that has gone up on the AV Club. Can yep. you save some time? We spent too long saying that. Can you shorten that down? Oh, sure. This is uh, a question and answer thing that's gone up on the AVC. I mean, you could probably... Okay, okay. okay. well, well fair. I'll that's short out. Okay, this is a um, question and A um, <laughs> thing that's gone up on the AVC. Or TAVC. The AV Club, for those of you <laughs> worried now. Yeah. What's going on? Those of you who think Tom's having a stroke, he is not. Mm. Though he is stroking. No. He is I having a pull, but that. it's of our legs. Tom's giving me nothing. <laughs> I am dying in this room. I'm right having now. a fantastic time, <laughs> but I was just really looking forward to seeing you so what is the AV? down to the depths <laughs> what, of the ocean. What is the bloody media saying here now about poor old Mike Myers? Right, this is Amy Hill, a yeah. character actor, very prolific along Hollywood, and she uh, was asked the question, um, what's a project that you didn't like working on or mm. that you at least found to be really challenging? And she immediately says, the cat in the hat. Yes. And uh, I'll quote her here. Yep, please do. The cat in the hat was with Mike Myers, who, if I saw him today, I don't think he'd even remember who I was. Well, okay, he's got a lot going on. Yeah, and that was like 10 years he's ago. He's writing so... a book, okay? Yeah. Mm. He is like a little hermit. He would come in and, I guess, be in hair and makeup. We would wait. Well, it's a very elaborate hair and makeup outfit, Mr. Cat. I mean, he is dressing up as a cat in yeah. a hat. It's and actually he's... hard to transform a man into a cat. Yeah, yeah it's it, unless we're not you have bloody, magic powers. We're not bloody Mrs. McGonagall over here that can just use transfiguration to turn ourselves into things. We don't have the access to polyjuice potion. Was she married? 
Yeah, she got married, dude, to Dumbledore or something, I reckon. No, he was to gay. To Snape, dude? <laughs> she got married to Snape, dude? He's gay and dead. <laughs> um, we would wait. I'd be there at the crack of dawn, waiting. We would all be waiting for Mike Myers to come. He had his handlers dress his trailer and his area was all covered with tenting because he didn't want anybody seeing him. Like E.T. Yeah, like the scenes from E.T. Then she goes on to say that the the director deferred to him too much. He'd do a take and then Mike would go over and look at the monitors and he'd talk to the director and they'd do another take. Well, he's a comedic genius. He'd understand how to make it funnier. Yeah, and if there's one thing the cat in the hat benefited from, it was Mike Myers' (laughs) direction of himself. Um... And there was a guy who held all of Mike Myers' chocolates in a little Tupperware. Well, he can't hold them on screen. Like, he's, <laughs> what, you're just going to see one shot with a cat in hats holding chocolates. You're going to ask questions. Yeah, they did one show, They did one day of shooting where the cat in the hat was constantly holding chocolates. Yeah. And the chocolates kept changing because Mike kept eating them. And they had to throw it all out. And I think that's not a thing. I've worked on many film sets in my life. Often you're there going like, oh, what can I do to help out right now? If the star says, hold this for me. Great, I've got something to do. If anyone asks me if I'm doing something, like, uh, actually, I'm working for the most important person on set right now. Don't bother me. Just quickly, though, I can't think of anything more unnerving than hand-feeding Mike Myers in full cat in the hat <laughs> makeup. Yeah. yeah. Chocolates. Quite just a responsibility. Just imagine Mike lowering himself down a little bit, opening his mouth, and you just have to pop it in oh, without touching the makeup. you know he gets on all fours. Mm. Oh, yum, yum. Yeah. You know. Yum, yum. And he'd probably do some gags, like he'd pretend to be coughing up a furball a few times and stuff like that. I reckon that'd be kind of fun. Mm. Mm. I think as well, so I'm just going to talk, we'll put this out there. We already know, we've discussed on the podcast briefly, that the cat in the hat was a horrible experience for Mike Myers. He didn't want to do the movie. He was contractually obligated to do it. I didn't know if to say obliged or obligated. I would have gone with obliged. Yeah, so was I, and I almost yeah. did. Uh, he was contractually obliged to do the film because the Sprockets movie that he was working on, he didn't think it was up to scratch. Mm. And he was like, I can't, no, nah, this isn't working. So he pulled out and the um, whoever it was that was producing at the big studio were like, no, you have to do a movie for us. And they gave him this one that he did not want to do, but he was obliged to do it. So this I was think almost... I should have said obligated that time, actually. <laughs> so this is almost a punishment move for yes. the studio. This is like back in the golden days of Hollywood when yes. they had yep. stars on contract systems mm-hmm. where if you didn't, where if you acted up, you got punished by yes. having to star in a stinker. And he's wearing the most ridiculous and disgusting costume in cinema history, in my opinion. That can hat outfit is absolutely disturbing. The way his face works, really don't like it. He's not got, doesn't have a real nose. It's truly his not mouth okay. and nose are the same thing. It's not cool. It's scary. So he's obviously feeling quite embarrassed by it, quite shameful being dressed in his costume professionally. And he probably put these tents around him to so people don't see him until the last minute where he has to be seen. And I've, as someone who's had my own issues with body image and body shame, I get it, Mike. I know what it's like to not want to be seen by everyone. You feel embarrassed. Maybe you're wearing a shirt that doesn't quite fit properly and you feel embarrassed, but you left the house wearing it and there's nothing you can do about it. So I know what that feels like. So and you- I can only, I'm an empath, dude. I'm an empath. I can put my own experiences onto other people's experiences and understand how they feel. I can't turn that off. That's why I'm here standing in front of you guys crying, <laughs> thinking about poor Mike wearing a freaking black and white cat outfit that's truly terrifying with a big red and white hat on top. 
<laughs> that book was never meant to be translated to film anyway. So, <laughs> so that's another thing about that. It should never be translated. So I don't like that this woman, Amy Hill, Hill, Amy Hill. is saying this about him publicly because that's if someone starts talking about some of the most shameful experiences of my life, making me sound like the bad guy in them, I would be upset. And I don't even have kids. And Mike's got kids. You know what? Mike has got freaking kids and they're talking about <laughs> like that. You are upset. They're talking about he's got freaking kids so I have to hear this shit. And here's the thing, listeners, listen. Horny babies, Horny don't forget babies, who you are. Don't for, let them forget who or they are. Daniacs. Um, Alexi does have an intern that he makes hold a little Tupperware container yes. of, of chocolates. It's a monkey. <laughs> it's a little monkey, okay? I've got an intern. It's a little monkey. And I don't make him hold chocolates. I make him hold a box of frangers. Yeah, <laughs> he makes him dress like him as well. It's like a little mini-me situation, dude. Uh, again, stony silence from Tom. I can't even look at him anymore because I just know. <laughs> I know I'm bombing on that no, side of the table. It's just, so good that you just have your box of frangers. You know, that's okay. That's it's just funny. I think leave Mike alone for the cat in the hat stuff. Let's never bring it up again. I know we'll have to dedicate a couple of hours to it eventually in our lives. I'm so looking forward to that episode. <laughs> You've got no idea. For me, the cat in the hat and the Grinch have fused into one movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. That is the complete ruining of a childhood icon. Yes. Uh, like yeah. Both of them yeah. completely ruined you and covered what? in makeup. For your behaviour on this podcast, your punishment is you have to do the cat in the hat. With it. <laughs> oh, no. We and operate not, by yeah. the studio system over here. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, we got it. That's uh, I'm putting it out there. That's <gasps> very upsetting. What? What have you guys? A, a bloody new development in this story? No, I do have. I was just looking through the trivia page for the cat in the hat on IMDb to yep. see if there was any information. Okay, on nerd. Okay, well, that's... Oh, yeah. you're lashing out now. Yeah, sorry, dude. Just, I'm, in a, I'm an empath, okay? You're also, so I'm a real dick. Yeah, I think that's what empath means. You've confused um, empath and narcissist right there. So a lot of the adult humour in the film Cat in the Hat was originally meant for how the Grinch stole Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right. What adult? Sorry, I'm trying to get out of it. Right. Rightio, then. <laughs> My little finger right, is still right. straight. Um... So what do you mean? Well, I haven't even seen the cat in the hat. What's this adult humor? Does he fuck something? What does he do? <laughs> the cat's constantly yeah. hard. He does a bit where he's like, well, some, I'm the cat in the hat, but some people call me the pussy in the cap. Oh, right. Well, he doesn't say that, and I will remove that from the podcast. <laughs> I don't think you should. I think you should leave it in. Um, just as we're leaving in all of Tom's silences in this one, all of his refusal to laugh at our bits. I've not refused a single thing. <laughs> I hate those movies. I, actually, I, don't, I haven't seen a cat in the hat for a long time. But, um, I don't think you'll have changed your opinion. I just don't like the makeup on them. and It makes everything really disturbing. Everything about those movies is like a John Waters film where it's just like, there's something dirty about them. It's all sanitary. It looks sanitary, but there's something dirty underneath them. They've done that thing that horror films often do quite well of twisting childhood just enough yeah. to make it completely disturbing, but completely unintentionally. They do that thing that horror movies quite well where they make you scared. So. <laughs> now, Tom... Mm. You have a background in improvisation. You are set to appear in the upcoming Comedy Channel series. Whose line is it anyway? And uh, I won't ask Australia. if they ever determined whose line it was. Yeah. Because I can't wait to see that in the finale. Yeah. <laughs> Any spoilers you'd like to give away <laughs> about uh, whose line it was? Uh, we'll say that Reese Darby is the biggest star of the series. Uh, he gets so a lot of lines. We may have made some room for him. Okay, I thought it might have been Tommy Littles. 
But that's fair enough. So you have to come up with characters in the moment. Yes. In mm. improv. Do you ever accidentally realize that you're doing something that someone else has done? Like you're riffing on some character that already exists or... Yeah, totally. Mm. And the thing is you're not particularly in control of it. Uh in improv, when you're just trying to get something out and you're trying to establish a character as quickly as possible, you're deferring most of it to muscle memory. You know, in the you know, I I use that as a term to just denote a unconscious action. Yeah, you know, uh, similar to your right, <laughs> um, which I cannot shake. No, and I would not have you shake. <laughs> uh, so what you have is a you kind of gravitate towards having stock characters. So I have voices that I'll kind of just snap into because I like doing them or I Can find them funny. Can we hear some of those? Uh, yeah. So kind of like, a, um, I guess one of my trademark characters kind of sounds a bit like this. I don't remember eating any corn. <laughs> See, now I would say that's theft. Yeah, mm. I'd say that's lifting. That sounds a lot like fat guy from The Spy Who Shagged Me. If anyone ever asks you the, the question, do you lift? Do you even lift? you got to say, yeah, I do. I'm a thief. Yeah, I still yeah, have I a do. Great. Material. <laughs> Can I ask you a follow-up question? Mm. Are you horny, baby? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking knew it. <laughs> follow-up question. Do I make you horny, baby? And if not horny, Randy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Waiting on the answer, mate. <laughs> oh, man. I think the conflict here uh-huh. really turns me off. Okay. The conflict between Dana and Mike. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's kind of like sometimes conflict between friends. Sexy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're it's... having a tuss-all. Maybe they'll yes. fall to the ground. Uh, <laughs> Dana and Mike are like writhing on the floor with each other. They're like, Suddenly oh, I they fell over and turn over. Turn him over and then they stop for a second and their eyes lock and then who knows what happens. And then one of them says, what are we doing? And the other one says, I don't know. And then there's a pregnant pause and then the, the space between their lips is filled with By tongues. What? Okay. Wait, how many tongues? Depends, dude. Depends if it's an orgy or if it's just the two of them. Right. Um, and then but, they make out and it's slow and wet. And it's actually really erotic. And that does make me horny. I don't think I'll ever be horny again. <laughs> uh, so, no, I don't think I am horny. Okay, fair enough. Yes, I'm not horny today either. I'm not Cameron. horny either. I'm really disappointed. I- I'd like to be horny. I think... Um, if we ever find some resolution on this, if Mike ever releases a statement and mm. says, look, guys, what happened was I, I'm a rocket ship and sometimes with a rocket ship, the engines absorb the atmosphere around it. It's similar to Robin Williams' thing of him. Yeah. He, uh, in a much larger scale, mm, I won't was accused of, oh, yeah, you believe that he went to hell as a suicide? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got another podcast called Robin Robbing Williams and it's about his joke robberies throughout his whole life. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh! What's this, Mr. Happy? <laughs> the Robin Williams yeah. voice. I reckon that we're like three months away from it being really funny. I think it's still really. I funny. think it's. I think he's a funny. funny guy. He's really funny. Oh, do you? 
Yeah. Oh, would you like to meet his friend, Mr. Tinyman? Yeah, sure. He just kept doing super <laughs> racist impressions. He'd always just chuck them in, but he was moving at such a high speed yeah, that you know, it didn't have it. He didn't have enough time to you notice. Forgive him. It was like a barrage of lightning fast blows. It's sad to see this drama engulfing Wayne's world, which we know yeah. fact mm. was, a, was a successful movie. One of the great greats, movie as one well. One of the greats. One of yeah. the great comedies of all time. But so awash with conflict. But it's good to see that there is a burying of the hatchets mm. all round, almost. Like, Garth is... Stop <laughs> calling him Dana. Dana Have is some respect. About Please this. call him Pistachio Disguise. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, am I not totally enough for the Turtle Cup? Oh. <laughs> if, if only oh. Robin was in that film. If only. Oh. Yeah. Hello there, child. I'm Shrek. Oh. Um... <laughs> None of the voice sounds like him except for like, oh, oh, good morning, Vietnam. Oh. Yeah. Um, they are, the, yeah, so at the moment, like we in the world where post Wayne's World feud, Penelope, Mike, Dana, they've broken bread, they're back on, they're, they're happy again. Mm. It's 20, I think the director said that uh, it's 20 years and we're all getting too old to be pissed. Yeah. Well, that was that. That was our emergency broadcast. Mm-hmm. How do you feel after we've done that? I feel good. I feel like we've cleaned Mike's name. Mm-hmm. We've exposed the truth in the media and the lies that the media tells. Sometimes the media just wants to send a message and they're not actually telling the truth and reporting on real things. And that's <laughs> what we've seen with Mike right now. And I think we've also helped to... in in. You know, horny baby's eyes repair their relationship with Dana Carvey as well. That's right. Because it is hard. What the way that me is talking about, it's hard to hear that stuff coming from one of your other heroes. That's true. It is hard. And, uh, you know, speaking of Dana, speaking of Mike, last night after we recorded this episode, mm-hmm. you and I went to a screening that we hosted at the Golden Age Cinema in Sydney yep. of Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Party time, excellent. excellent. Featuring both of those actors. Yes. Uh, how how much fun was it? Was it was the best. We had the best time to all the horny babies and Wendex that came down. Thank you so much. It was great to hang out with you guys. It was insane. It was a sold out crowd yep. of Wayne's World fans, confirmed Wayneyacs. Yep. Finally, I felt amongst my people. Exactly. And uh, a bunch of them were listeners to this show. So thank you so much. And to, to uh, all the new listeners, thank you so much as well. Thanks for joining us. We love you. What was your favorite part about watching that film with an audience? My favorite part, when we, st- when we in our presentation of it, we were asking people, had they seen it before? And it was about three or four people who had never seen Wayne's World before. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect that to happen. I thought of any movie we've ever presented together or separate, that's the one movie I thought that everyone would have seen before. Yeah. And to see like people like oh, I was like more conscious how these how's this film going to work for them? And I was lucky enough to sit next to a guy that hadn't seen it before. Yeah, and he busted his guts harder than anyone else in that cinema. He had a bit, he busted a nut, man. He <laughs> he was la- he he really got into it, and it made me so happy. It made me appreciate the true power of Wayne's World. They can cross twenty years later, twenty five years later, almost. That it still has this cultural cachet to work for the first time on someone that knows very little about it. That can just work. I was talking to a couple of uh, horny babies afterwards, um, Dieter and Holly, and we were talking about how, because we've all seen this movie so many times, you start to anticipate where the laughs are. So yeah. when you remember a joke that's coming up, you start to laugh in anticipation of yeah. that. So it was really cool to see the three or four people who hadn't seen it have no idea what that anticipatory laugh was from everybody mm. else. 
and then laugh just as hard when the actual gag hit. Yeah. It was very, very cool. My favorite part was probably, and this is probably obvious, the Bohemian Rhapsody sequence. Mm-hmm. Seeing that with a full cinema full of people yeah. that are all like singing along to the song. Yeah, that was like... one of my least hope bits when <laughs> hearing you hum next to me and kind of mouth the lyrics along to it. I think um I think in a way you'll look back on it and when I'm gone you'll remember that time. You'll remember that I hummed oh, along. I can't wait till all I've got is memories. <laughs> That's gonna be a great day for me. You uh, know what I can't wait for? Yeah. The next film that we're doing. <sighs> me too. This is another step into the unknown for this us. This is crazy. So we talked about it a couple of weeks ago we said that there is a film of mics out there called the thin pink line yes that is almost unfindable we couldn't find it anywhere the one copy i could track down was on amazon japan yeah and it costs like several thousand yen and i didn't know what that meant i didn't know how much <laughs> money mean- that was you know, to be fair, you probably could have just copied, pasted into Google Translate or something. I did. And the results that came back, I was like, there's no way it costs that much. How much was it? I was like $20,000 or something. So I think I did something wrong. I think you did too. I feel like I did something wrong. I hope anyway. Because we had a fan of our show, uh, Steve at ACPAC on Twitter. Very funny dude. I love his tweets. And he's been with us for a long time uh, through uh, through the Blank Slate Movie Podcast and now Mic Check. And he reached out to us saying, if there's any movies that you guys need and you can't find, let me know. Hmm. And then he sent us a message saying that he tracked down the Thin Pink Line on DVD. He sent us a photo of the cover and it's Mike on the cover with Japanese writing all around it. So it's like, this is the legit Japanese version he's got of it. And he's sending it to us. So Steve spent $20,000 Australian. This guy is loaded, baby. This Women, men, whoever, get amongst this yes. rich dude. Send him messages asking for stuff. No, don't. He's the best. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for doing that for us. We cannot wait to watch this movie. The episode will be dedicated to you, baby. We love you so much. I'm so excited to watch this movie. We know little about it. We've talked about it before. From what I understand, it's a mockumentary. Uh, it's kind of a parody on the Thin Blue Line, the Errol Morris infamous documentary. I can't wait to watch that one. Thank you so much, Steve. Now, we should plug some things. Uh, I know Tom Walker was just on this episode. Very funny boy. He's appearing on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Australia on mm-hmm. the Comedy Channel. Hopefully, we finally get an answer to that question. Whose Line Is it Anyway? Is it Australia's Line? Is it Tom's? Or is it... Tommy Littles. We'll never know I get until the series finale. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also follow him on Twitter at Tom Walker is good. Very funny boy. One of my favorite live performers. Yeah, Go me too. What have you got coming up? On November 25th, I've got Greenlights Comedy Nights. It is the last show for the year at 8 p.m. November 25th at the Gaelic Club in Surrey Hills, Sydney. It's only $5 and we've got Zoe Coombs Meyer headlining. I'm hosting with my friend Nico. We've also got Shuba, Becky Lucas, uh, Seamus McCallery, Umit Bali, some of the best acts in town. It's going to be a real party time. Oh, excellent. Can't mm-hmm. wait. I haven't really got anything uh, important coming up. If you want to, I'm around doing stand up. Follow me on Twitter. It's at I am Cameron James. Uh, Becky Lucas and I make Twitter videos uh, every fortnight. As They're well, real so funny. They're so great. Follow them. And uh, you're on Twitter at This Is Alexi. That's me. And we're on Twitter at Mike Check Pod. And yep. you can check us out on Facebook as well. And if you like what you're hearing with this podcast, a way that you can help us out, share it with your friends. Also on iTunes, if you give us a five-star review. If you're listening to us on iTunes, it's not too hard to do. Just head over to the... 
head over to the iTunes page and give us five stars in your review. Also, leave us the title and concept for what you'd like our next super specific movie podcast to be. We got one today from Carl Katsakis. He said, talking Travolta. <laughs> Uh, based on the great episode of Blank Slate, we just did all about my favorite movie, Saturday Night Fever. And so I'm into it. I I'm love into John Travolta. Too. I would talk Travolta, but really I think it would kind of be a gush fest. Mm. It would just be two guys talking about how hot Travolta yeah. is. Yeah, for... we just did it for an We hour. pretty much already we just did that, it. but I would happily do it again. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening and stay horny. Never stop being horny. Make Australia horny again. It's my check, it's my check, the podcast.